Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. He is the new Timberwolves president of basketball operations. Joining us here on Mackie and Judd and also on the Score North YouTube channel, Tim Connolly. Welcome to the show. We were just debating whether Declan should put his new dog in a kennel when he goes away from the apartment. Or not. And so, I don't know. I vote, um, I think if the dog is comfortable roaming free and you're not going to leave out any, like, you know, you know, dangerous materials, I think I'm team roam free on this one. Oh, what about you, Tim? Yeah, I always like when animals can kind of feel like they're back in the wild. So I think you see right. what happens. Leave a bunch of food. <laughs> yeah, do you have some... a webcam you can keep on, like a baby cam? I just got yeah. one. It's arriving in the mail today. I have a little doggy camera that I just bought. I think you can keep it live on this show, kind of an upper left corner. I think. I love that idea. Yeah, then like if the things we're talking about are boring, at least people can stay and like watch the dog yeah. roaming around the house. Right. Like Peter might call you, but you know you got to roll the dice sometimes. Yeah. Exactly, hundred <laughs> percent right. I like that. Yep. Um, okay, since we're getting to know you for the first time, and uh, and and you're new to the, and you've been making media rounds and getting to know everyone, I think we should ask you a very important question as it pertains to our show here on Mackie and Judd every single week. We do a segment called Action Movie Rewind, where we literally do 40-minute deep dives into some of the most popular action movies ever. We did our first theater experience with uh, Top Gun Maverick last week. So give us your three favorite action movies of all time. Um, That's a good one. Like, is Usual Suspects an action movie, or is that more like a thriller? That's a yeah, that's probably it probably overlaps a little bit into action and and thriller. Yeah. What's the one with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Tom Arnold? I love that one. Uh, that's um True Lies. True right? Lies. True yeah, Jamie Lee. That's a great one. Which we've like done that. and it's fantastic. The the runtime goes over 2 hours, so Judd doesn't like any movie that goes over 2 hours, but yeah. other than that it's great. The Golden Child is that action? Eddie Murphy? I don't know that I've seen I don't Golden know if you've seen Child. That one. It was an action. Um god, you could ask me any other genre, but action's not my wheelhouse. What is your um, wheelhouse? Comedies. You know, okay. Comedies are like crime movies. Okay. Top Let me comedies. Get uh, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Okay. The Jerk. Brewster's Millions. Probably those three jump out pretty good. Uh, the Jerk's a great old school one. Yeah. Oh, God. We should, the- we should remake Brewster's Millions. Right, that's an easy remake. If anyone's listening, yeah. creative. It's very simple. One. Yeah. If anyone, if any big movie producers are just yeah. randomly listening to this conversation. <laughs> I don't know if a big fan of the show. Brewster's Millions. Let's go. That's the good. thing about the jerk, the jerk I I have always contended is one of the funniest first halves of a film, 
And then I've always felt it trailed off after that. But like the first half is just outstanding. I yeah, love it, the first half. It slow down a little. It got a little depressing the second half too. Yeah. Kind of a dark comedy. Yeah. Another action. You guys, I got to give me one more action. Um, Rocky franchise. Is that actually, I love Rocky. Is that action? I'm was Rocky four. Rocky four is one of my three all time favorite movies. So. I'll leave now when Tim, while Tim and Phil can <laughs> talk about the entire Rocky Rago franchise. Yeah, I mean, don't I get like, Phil started. The more the cry, like Carlito's Way, is one of my favorite movies. Okay. Mm. I don't know what's okay. action, but I don't. Know, I gotta. I, I like the Rambo stuff. Uh, Predator was cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I really loved? Mad Max. Oh, I go. love Mad Max. Really? First, we see. We didn't have cable growing up. We would yeah. rent from Errol's, and I Mad Max. Like that, yeah. Mel, Escape, Mel Escape Gibson, New York too. Uh, haven't Escape haven't seen Escape from New York. That counts though. Yeah, it counts. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is what we should make you like when you do your next like public press conference. You can only respond with like quotes from action and comedy movies from the '90s or something. It's like you know, 25 minutes of <laughs> like that. John Denver's full of just yeah. That <laughs> what are your thoughts on uh, D'Angelo Russell's contract? That John Denver's full of bleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's going to be here putting out the vibe. <laughs> so I, I, I think the, the thing that just like, you know, taking in your introductory press conference and and uh, and all three of the, the, the featured owners were up on stage and it, and you come across as, as just a very humble guy who defers credit to the people that work for and and with you. And so being that you seem like such a humble guy who is very deferential in terms of, hey, this is a we thing. What was it like to have? Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez, later on, Glenn, you're, I mean, you're sitting in an apartment and these guys are saying, we want to change your life and uproot everything because you're the guy. I mean, what what was that whole thing like for you? It was um, flattering. It was kind of weird because I you know, don't view myself in that light. Um, and it was, um, you know, a big life decision. We, we were so happy in Denver and working with these great people. And my boss is one of my best friends. And, uh, you know, the, the professional side, I, I've changed teams. It's just it's another team, another group of guys, uh, another polo shirt you put on. I've never done it with, as I'm a dad now. Um, so that that part, professionally, um, Glenn, Becky, Mark, Alex, they had this really cool, exciting vision. Um, lucky enough to know Finch, known him forever. I've worked with him. So I knew what they were building here was pretty special. Um, but the personal side is really, really difficult. When you're, you're somewhere you're happy, you got young kids, they love the schools. Um, so the whole thing – it's been such a whirlwind. I haven't really reflected on it. Uh, you know, we're super excited about this next chapter, but uh, it, I would say flattering and, and kind of weird, quite frankly. Hey, Tim, how, how much has the perception in the last, I don't know, three to five years of, of this franchise changed too? Be, because there, there was, the, you know, the runs with Kevin and Flip um, that I, I believe culminated in 2004 in the conference finals. And then there was a long period of, Mm, not good. Um, it popped back up a little bit with Tibbs, but I don't think that stability has has been for a long time a word that would be associated with this uh, team and franchise. How much is that changing, and how much do you feel that, that you can be part of changing how people feel about this organization? Well, I, I don't want to screw up. They're already on a really good track. You know, they're, they're trending in the correct directions, specifically with having a guy like Finch locked up. You know, he's a really bright coach. Um, he's only going to get better each and every game. Um, but, you know, it's hard not to notice what was happening here last year you know, to see some of these young guys learn how to win. I think 
every team in the NBA has immense amount of talents. And even the quote unquote bad teams are going to two weeks from now, they're going to add more and more good players. So generally if you get enough high draft picks, you become a good team. Uh, but it's not easy to learn how to win. And I, I think that's where um, the guys and the coaching staff deserve so much credit. They learned how to win last year. Um, and when you learn how to win and you're able to kind of kind of bottle that and then you keep raising the bar in terms of standards and expectations, you can take baby steps towards winning at the highest level. I mean, we're a f- a far, far away from where we need to be. Uh, you know, we're talking to you right now. We're not playing in the finals. And that's where we're trying to get to. But I think there's a, a real sense of optimism and a sense that the window that will allow this team to maybe to get to that elite level is barely cracked right now. So how do we continue to make strut decisions? How, how do I ensure that I listen to people way smarter than me? How do I ensure that um, I, I don't try to recreate the wheel in this building process? I think it, it, I think we spent what I mean. Judd alluded to the to the gap. I mean, two thousand four, and then there was no playoffs until two thousand seventeen, and and then it you know then it was resetting again. And so you spend all of this time as a franchise, and Glenn has overseen all of this, and the fans have been part of it, trying to get to that first step, which is just get back above five hundred and then make the playoffs, and and boom. And then in Finch was talking about this in sort of the the exit interview after the season, saying. Well, now there's another step. Okay, that step took you know X amount of years to get to, but then there's the play in early June step or play games in late May step. How much, how much wider is that gap when you're trying to go from okay a team that struggles to make the playoffs to making the playoffs, but then once you're in the playoffs and you're fighting to you know to climb up the Western Conference ladder to actually contending, what what's the difference in those two gaps? Well, I think it's probably the hardest one because you're at the big table now. You know you're. you're you're at the high blind table where you're not competing with everyone trying to get to that, the door, essentially you're competing with teams that have been there and won numerous playoff series, teams that won championships. Um, if you look at the, the complexion of the Western conference next year, it, it could be as good a conference as we've ever, ever seen with a fully healthy Clippers team, with a New Orleans team that made a, a great midseason acquisition with a healthy Denver team. Um, so it's, you know, we have to be very aware of where we are and, and how we can hold our spot and improve upon our spot. We have to be, you know, uh, strategic in when we put all our chips in the table. Um, we know success isn't always linear. I mean, look at Golden State, obviously. They're a dynasty. The last couple of years, they haven't been in the playoffs. You look at a team like Boston early in the season, it was a team that was um, kind of universally criticized, and there's questions that uh, that team could work together, could play together. So it's, there's no linear path to championships. Uh, what I believe, and I believe pretty firmly, is you got to be a home court playoff team to take yourself seriously and win a championship. You know, how can we become a home court playoff team? When can we become a home court playoff team? And how can we stay there? And then, uh, again, to kind of a, liken it to a gambling um, analogy, just keep playing hands, and hopefully one hand, time your hand comes up. And that hand, it's luck. It's, there's three things. It's luck, it's skill, it's hard work. Uh, this, is a, this is a hardworking team. It's led by a great coaching staff. Um, there's a lot of skill here. We got to have to add skill and and in, improve what we already have. Um, and then the luck is: are you are you healthy? Is the matchup correct? Does does the shot bounce around and go in? Um, so I think it's a, it's liberating knowing how much the luck plays a part of it. But I do think um, take yourself seriously as a championship level team. You got to be home court playoff team, and then you kind of cross your fingers and hope you can make a run. 
Where did you stockpile your your poker metaphors? I thought I, I caught a high blind table reference there a couple minutes ago, and then are are you are you a do you play poker back in the day? Nah, not, I mean not really. My little brother I think played professionally for a little bit, but more underground illegal games. Um, but I, <laughs> I really I do. I think it's <laughs> yeah. You're at this table and you're looking around. There's elite people at the table. Um, that's that's where we need to get to. That's what we've shown we're capable. Um, but you know you're competing with these teams that have countless championship banners in the rafters. So it, it's a, you're, you're in very deep waters and, you know, we have to kind of embrace that level of competition and, and not run from it. I, I think that's where we all want to be. And I think that's where we can get eventually. So off that point, Tim, so success can come and, and go like things can go right in 2022. They can go wrong, you know, the next year. Um, so like the stability of, of a team's success pattern can certainly change, which, which is what you were saying. But tell me this, what's the difference between success and stability? Because it feels like in Denver, you started to build and did ultimately get stability. So you, you might be great, and then you might not be great. But I don't think fans looked at, at your teams and, and said, oh, man, they're going down the tubes. They, they still had, you, you still had hope there. So when, when you looked at this team, and also when you look to build stability, how important does that word become as far as at least feeling like at the start of almost every season, you've got a chance because there is an organizational foundation in place that that provides the stability that some teams in, in all sports certainly don't have? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a great question. I think Continuity, stability—they run hand in hand. And look, Judd, the great, the good question point there, real quick. Thank you, oh. Tim. Judd, the nice game job, we Judd. play. I wasn't trying to do Congra- that. I just know you can't. Congratulations a place. to Judd with the good question there. Nice. I like it. Um, I thought just my big uh, use, like vocab continuity, was getting a point. It was uh, good too. That's very good. That might Thanks be another for- game we can play too. Anytime you <laughs> use like a four-syllable word, we can. Quad you know. word game. <laughs> Get a sponsor for that. Um, no, I think continuity is the best thing we can players. I think you look at a lot of these guys. Uh, it's one of the things that I'm most impressed with, with Cat. He's been through so much and seen so many faces, and he's so committed to this city, this organization. Uh, we have to have guys that want to be here, have to have guys that are committed, have to have guys that are all in. Um, I think continuity just allows you to kind of roll with the punches and know sometimes it's not going to be your year. Sometimes you run into a buzzsaw. Um, but if you can, again, continue to put good teams out there, and they continue to improve. You have a really good coach. We have a really good coach. Um, we have excellent ownership. Um, we have a great fan base. I think that's all you can kind of control. Uh, we, it would be it would be disingenuous for me to tell you this is how we're going to win a championship. I've never won a championship. I've never been in the finals. So I can't tell you how to win a championship. It's you know, only those who won it can tell you how, and oftentimes that's just you know the retrospective logic of success you know, they share with you afterwards. Uh, but I, I do have a pretty strong sense of what a, a good organization looks like, what a good team looks like. And that that team has to all be pulling the same direction. Uh, you have to not, you can't micromanage. You, you can't try to coach from my, from my office. Um, you have to make the players feel like colleagues. Um, they're not assets, they're human beings, and they're going to be hugely impactful on the decisions we make. So I think you do all that, and then you cross your fingers again and hope it's good enough. And if it's not good enough and you kind of went down swinging, you can sleep well at night. Yeah, and, and maybe you don't know you know what a championship blueprint looks like in your own personal experience, but you, and you kind of alluded to it. You must have some core pillars or tenets or 
or or things that you say, okay, this, this, and this. I mean, like Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie talk about wanting to set up the core values for the organization from a 30,000-foot level. You know, do, do you have those sort of core tenets of, you know, obviously having Michael Jordan in the 90s is a nice core tenant, but, like, other than having that type of a player, which maybe Anthony Edwards can be, what are your core pillars and tenets for, okay, this is what it could look like on a championship level? I think you have to have self-committed guys. I think it's hard enough to win if you can't beg them to work. You know, you can't hold their hands to get them in the gym. I mean, young guys generally aren't going to have the same work ethic or routines that vets do, um, but they have to be at their core workers. They have to be obsessed with, with winning, have to be obsessed with work. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've had the most success professionally, not just on the court, uh, but with colleagues, with people who don't take themselves too seriously. I mean, let's be honest, it's a game. So the arrogance of some people project because of a game is hard to stomach. Um, you know, get over yourself. You know, we're, not, we're not rocket scientists here. You know, we put the ball on a rim. Um, so, and then I think you have to be unbelievably transparent and honest and have any and all conversations with players, coaches, ownership, whether they're positive or negative, as long as they're consistent and consistently honest and you're not trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. I think that goes a long way. Like trying to get these players to know the players presently, you know, you can't rush those relationships. You can't say, trust me, you know, trust is developed and it's lost in a second. Um, so hopefully over the course of time, those relationships become kind of more, uh, more real. And then once you have real relationships, I, don't, I think it's really fun. It's fun to say, man, you were a mop tonight. Well, what was up? You know, the guy, that guy worked you. And then it's, it's really fun to say, I'm so proud of you. What, what a great game. But I don't think you can have those conversations in, until you have sincere relationships. So I, I think that's the part I'm pretty convicted about. That's the part um, that generally professionally and personally I've had the most success with. Um, I don't think you should take the game too seriously, too, because it you can start being governed by fear. I think it's kind of liberating to know how little that we all control. Um, I mean, think of, think of our sport. It's um, On next Thursday, some teams whole – professional arc's going to change because of how the lottery balls went a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's hard to take your serious, hard yourself to take hard to take yourself too seriously when lottery balls can make you really <laughs> smart or really dumb. Um, and, and we want to be, um, this sounds cheesy, but I mean it, like I want to be reflective of the, the city and the state. It was really fun in Denver. The city was growing. It was kind of quirky, kind of funky. And I thought our team um, kind of was reflective of that. So you, you want to be a, um, proud to wear T-Wolves gear. You want to be, um, you know, you, you want to make, you know, we, we all grew up as fans. You want to have the 9, 10, 11 year, uh, guys and girls be proud to cheer for the team. So and that, that's super, super hokey, super cheesy, but I really believe it all. Off the, that point too, what is your excitement being a competitor, I would imagine, about the challenge of what you just said? Because, I mean, th- this team has been here for a long time, and I'm sure you, you've seen the the arc of bad years, and and I'm sure there there have been times around the league where the Timberwolves were perceived previously as a punchline. How how much are you excited or challenged to to grow this uh, team and franchise to a place where people are proud? Because that that has been, I think it's safe to say, something that has not been the case for unfortunately, a lot of the existence of the franchise here. Yeah, that's probably the biggest challenge we have. Uh, you know, it's such a great sports town. You know, I grew up a big um, baseball fan. Like my, favorite, my two things growing up, baseball, Orioles baseball, Maryland basketball. And 
one of the only other teams I like was the Twins back in the 80s with the Herbeck, Puckett, Gladden, that squad. Um, you know, I I know how much this city loves sports. Um, I know how much this city supports sports. I mean, it's um, – so it's the, – the fans shouldn't come out if it's not a good product. For, for a lot of those years, it was justifiable. You know, these tickets are super expensive. It's – you know, you got you to – family of four, it's tough to come out. It's not an easy price point, right? So you should get a good product. I mean, we're not going to go 41-0 at home. I mean, I'd love to think that, but I don't think it's going to happen. But you should have an expectation that they're going to compete. They're going to they're going to play as hard as they can. Um, there's a there's a level of talent that allows them to win more games they lose. It's going to be well-run. I mean, it's Finchie's going to have a well-run team. It's going to be entertainment. I think um, our game ops people do a, do a really good job. Um, so I, I think that's – you know, we're, we're at this place largely it was a reality that we created. We have to change that reality. And, like, again, I'm, I'm a fan. Um, uh, I don't want to go see the Ravens play if they're not consistently in the playoffs or not playing hard enough or they're not playing a compelling brand of football. So the standard has to be high because the, the league standard is so high. Um, and I think that, that is a really exciting part. That's the part that I think we can – we can. Um, it's already changed. Your 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 playoff atmosphere was fantastic. Um, we played here late in the season. It was fant- uh, The Nuggets played here late in the season. It was fantastic. Yeah. So it's all there. It's just and the last couple of years have been especially hard with COVID and it hasn't been easy to be a fan. But you know, it, it, everyone's going through something different. It hasn't been an easy time for anybody. So, uh, but when I look at twenty uh, year old Anthony Edwards, um, it, it's hard not to get excited. And I, I would put him against anybody else in, in the league right now in terms of young guys are just scratching the surface. And you see the success Cat had and, and D'Lo and McDaniel's emergence, uh, you know, Beasley shot making, obviously Beverly and Prince, the veteran leadership they brought. Um, it's a pretty exciting time. So, you know, again, I, I can't screw up that momentum, but I think if we put a really good product out there and we win more games than, than we lose, I, I trust the fans are going to be there and they'll be proud of what they watch. And and we'd love to do this again sometime. We want to be respectful of your time. We've already kept you for, for 20 minutes. So just last thing on Anthony Edwards. Cat um, has been this unicorn big man, and he's been you know the best player on this team for a few years and will likely be around for more years to come. Anthony Edwards just feels like, from from his personality to the way that his game has evolved, it just feels like, this whole thing is kind of his for the future, that this is this is becoming his team in a lot of ways. Um, what can you tell the fans about what you see from your perspective, from a scouting perspective, front office perspective, of what he can wind up being? Besides a great actor, by the way, which we saw that trailer come out today, and uh, Adam Sandler praising him. What, what do you see from your perspective? I, the, the coolest thing I see is just how real he is. I love how sincere he is, and I, lo- I love guys that play with a smile and have fun with the media. Again, this is not life or death. If, if the worst thing they can say about me is I was a bad NBA executive, I think I'll be okay. You know, as long as, uh, and, and he really understands that it's, it's such a hypersensitive time right now, uh, especially with, with social media, with these guys, like used to be 15 years ago, you, you know, you went on a three and seven stretch. There'd be a bad article written in the paper. You have a bad two minutes. Now the game's over and there's 2000 people saying you suck. Um, and, and he doesn't seem like he cares, which is awesome. So it's it's my it's our job to make sure he never loses that joy. Um, it, it is a game. You're supposed to have fun. You can smile. It is sports and entertainment. You know, we can't forget about the entertainment part. 
And then it's, again, it's also our job to hold him to the highest of high standards because he has such an unlimited ceiling. And if we allow him to skip steps, if we coddle him, if we don't challenge him, he's not going to reach where we think he can get. And we think he can get to a spot that very few people in this league get to. Yeah. Great stuff, man. Hey, thanks for coming on, Tim. We appreciate it. Good to meet you. Welcome to uh, the Twin Cities and the Timberwolves, and we'd love to do it again sometime. You have a really cool wall. You have the little honeycomb wall behind you. It's pretty I'm cool. actually in a spaceship right now. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, uh, sort of orbiting Earth is what's happening up here. You, you and Eli, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like- we're, uh, we're, we're strategizing. We're, I'm the CEO of, uh, of Timberwolves Twitter and Vikings Twitter, and he's going to be my boss, actually, when he, when he buys Twitter here soon. <laughs> All right. I would not be holding my breath for that purchase. No, yeah, that I seems like it's on. I think you're right about right that. Now. Yeah. I love how Elon, when it comes down to it, we're all just kind of curious. So how many fake accounts and bots and trolls are out there? And, yeah. you know, and, and, and he finally asked the question. They said, we can't give you the information. All right, then I'm not going to give you 50 bucks a share. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not interested well, in Twitter either. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, guys. It was really fun. Hope to awesome. Tim Connolly, thanks, president Jay. of basketball operations. I'm Mackie and Judd. All right. Nice. Boom. Cool. All right. That worked out really well. That was great.